bit lewd. Yeah, and that's saying something for me. I sound a bit echoey. At, um, and don't just turn me off. Let's do that. Is that better? No. All right. Okay. Well, you're going to get an echoey gavin this morning. So um, this morning, I'm not feeling too great. I'm not feeling too great. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for your kindness. Um, but also this morning, I am going to be touching on a on some stuff that is a bit sensitive. I'm going to be calling out some stuff. And I've been thinking about this for some time. And there's never going to be the best time to kind of expose maybe some of the ugliness of, um, of us as people. Um, but whatever I say this morning, um, I'm not pointing fingers at any one person particularly. If anything, I'm pointing fingers at myself because the things that I have written down and want to share with you come from my heart, from my experience, from my um, failures as well as my triumphs. So I just want to kind of give you a pre-warning this morning that you might not agree with some of the things that, that I say. And you know what? If you don't, that's okay. That's absolutely fine. I'm not just here to be right. But I feel it's my job uh, to really go after stuff. That's what you pay me to do. Not to work, but go after God. Listen to his heart and try and bring us into communion with him. Is that okay? Uh, so over the last few weeks, we've been looking at values. Hey, values. Does our country need values more than ever, eh? <laughs> we should be praying for the government. And I know this might be difficult for some of us because we have a very righteous and adverse reaction to some of the things that we have witnessed, not just over the last weeks, but over the last um, year or two, really, uh, the injustice and lies, I guess, n no person, even people of faith or not of faith, can really get their heads or stomachs around that. But we should be praying for our government. So I want to encourage you to do that. But also, I want you to be, have a quick moment of reflection because the first week, which seems... Many weeks ago now, we were looking at valuing time with God. That's an easy answer. Thank you, Joan. Specifically, and I did say that right, specifically, not specifically. Luke's like, what is he going on about? I'm not talking about the ocean. Specifically, um, we looked at spending time valuing with the Father. We started on... Climbing the mountain. Thank you very much. I challenge you to climb the mountain. Spend time with God. Why? Because it's worth it. But why? It's what we need, but why? He loves us, but why? 
to meet with him, but why? Because he's our father, but why? if I could go any higher. <laughs> so uh, that was the first week. Second week, we looked at valuing the truth. I know it seems bizarre to say it, but you need to know what the truth is to value it, don't you? And remember that famous saying I shared with you uh, by a Scottish-American preacher whose name leaves me at this moment. Uh, but he says it's better to stand for something than fall for anything. And I find this in the world a lot, don't you, that whatever feels good or sounds good or is nice and flashy, people fall for it. It's what advertisement's designed for. It's what politics is designed for, to catch your ear. But God warns us about itchy ears, not just to run to the next thing, but we have the Bible to check the truth. We've got the Holy Spirit to convict us. We've got each other to say, do you think this is right? Because I think it's bonkers. Or vice versa. But today I want to talk about valuing the church. Valuing the church. Before I begin um, just getting into my notes, what... What, how would you describe the church? What is the church? Answers, don't, not in the postcard. I prefer them to be shared amongst us. So what is the church? How would you, let me put it another way, if you're struggling. I've never been to church. I don't know nothing about Jesus. You've met me for the first time. And I said, oh, well, you know, what are you doing this weekend? And you say, you might say, oh, I'm going to church on Sunday. Great. What is that? Go. It's a gathering of God's of people who believe in God and want to worship and spend time with Him and each other. Yeah. There's no wrong or right answer. I'm trying to think of a way to say it to someone who didn't know. Yeah. The body of Christ. Have you got your foot up because you want to say something? Well, I'm going to do it. What's the church? Uh. Oh my gosh. How, how long have you been coming? Yeah. yeah. What's the church? Uh, it's a place to meet and be in God's presence. Ah, okay. Anyone else? Sorry. I, I, we, we, now we're, we're all going on like a train now. It's family. Family. Anything else? We are the church and the body of Christ. Yes. Sisters and brothers. Yes. He stuck with me for eternity. <laughs> Anything else? Yes. And there's probably a lot more if you actually didn't get sprung with this question at quarter to 12 on a Sunday when it's slightly hot and your brain's a bit gooey. Sorry, Anna. Not sorry. <laughs> but you know... I mean, if we're talking about truth, what is the church? And often, um, 
we can have our strong convictions about the church. The thing I wanted to start by saying is, church is great. You are great. But you're emotionally invested. It's not just a club. It's a family. And I don't know about you, but my family are a bit of a mess sometimes. Because we're emotionally invested in each other. And because we care, sometimes we say things that we don't actually mean. Or we do mean at that moment, but it's because there's other stuff going on. And it's the same with the body of Christ. We are emotionally invested. You are not only giving your time, but your money, but you also give your resources, your skills, your passion. And we're trying to throw that all into one big pot and stir it around and hopefully Christ is going to pop out the other side. It sounds a bit like, it feels a bit like that to me sometimes. We're throwing these ingredients of all these different appetites, different skills, different callings and out the other side we want to show Christ. But sometimes that can get a bit messy. So for valuing the church, I went to Peter, 1 Peter and 2 Peter, because for me, them two books are like the manifesto of God's church. I don't know if you're aware, but Peter wasn't always called Peter. He was called Simon first, but Jesus changed his name to Peter because he was the rock Jesus was going to build his church upon so it seems to make sense if you're going to talk about valuing the church where do you go I would go to the book of Peter different from Paul Paul spoke to the churches but often he was dealing with very specific issues or complaints but Peter really declares what the church is there for how it should behave what it should do Are you with me? So, I'm just going to use one verse and draw some stuff out. So, 1 Peter, 1 Peter 1, 22. So, it's the book of 1 Peter, chapter 1, verse 22. I'm just going to take a slurp. Mint tea. I'm converted. Hmm. Oh, that's very nice, thank you. Well, yeah, you might find that out in a bit. <laughs> so I'm reading from the New, New Living Translation. Um, so it's 1 Peter 1, verse 22. So it says, You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. So now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters love each other deeply with all your heart I'll just read that one more time I say I'm reading from the NLT the New Living Translation you who were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth So now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. 
Love each other deeply with all your heart. How do I know that this is for us, the church? Because he talks about you being cleansed from your sins. And you're obeying the truth. That's what it is to be a Christian. To confess that you were in rebellion against God. So you have confessed your sins to him. You've recognized that you have fallen short of God's goodness. And what do you get in return? You get cleansed. Whiter than snow, whatever you've done. The blackboard with all the bad stuff that you could write upon it. Jesus comes along and wipes it clean. So this is directly to us. If we confess to know Jesus, we are the church. We are brothers and sisters. We have been cleansed. So Peter is speaking directly to the church. He speaks about those outside the church, but this is what we need to concentrate on. And I wrote just some words that I pulled out of this short verse. Obedience. Truth, sincerity, love, family, depth, and being heartfelt. These are things that we are called to be as part of the body of Christ. This is what Peter is imploring, commanding, encouraging, directing. Why? Because these are the qualities that Peter would have seen in Jesus. He saw obedience. He saw truth. He saw utter sincerity. He saw ultimate love. He felt like he was being part of a family, something that was meaningful, which brought death to his life and to our lives. And it was full of heart. It's not just a head thing, this. It's a heart thing. These are attributes that this verse highlights. And these are the words that we should be trying to describe or see within the church. Not only that... Sorry, not only these things and attributes that we must... carry and confess because we have been cleansed by from our sins it breaks my heart to see and hear people who confess to be cleansed from their sins and have relationships with God and turn to their brothers and sisters within the body the bride of Christ. And often maybe with self-justification or anger, maybe sometimes pride, they start to attack their brothers and sisters at the cost of abandoning obedience, truth, sincerity, love, family, depth, and heart. I understand that the church is imperfect because it's filled with people. (laughs) 
It's filled with broken people, sometimes hurting people, sometimes immature people. I put my hand up for that one. Sometimes misguided, sometimes prideful, boastful. The list could go on. However, we should not, this should not mean that we should forsake the words of Peter based on our own justification or even experiences. I just want to stop there. Because I'm not trying to say that your experiences don't matter. Because they do. Your experiences shape you. And there's going to be good and bad coming out of that. But let me just take you to the words that Peter says, you are cleansed. You always get another chance with God. When we mess up, he never rejects us. He always welcomes us back in. But sometimes our experiences, particularly within the church, can really damage us. And we can start to fight against our brothers and sisters. We can start to strip down the bride of Christ. I've got a question for you. Does one church leader who's a great communicator of the word, but suffer with pride, suggest that all leaders are full of pride? Does one very talented but arrogant worship leader suggest that all worship is meaningless? I'll say that again. Does one very talented but arrogant worship leader suggest that worship is meaningless? Does a wealthy church mean that it's, it's corrupt? Does a small church have the excuse of not trying to reach out to the community? I've written these things because these things I've witnessed. Particularly when I first came into the church, I was part of a big church, over a thousand members. I had a fantastic worship leader who was very arrogant in my perspective. There was a great communicator of a leader, one of the best, utter evangelist. But I found him to be prideful. And as a young Christian, that really affected me. And I got angry and I got bitter. First with God, how can you allow these kind of people? They're supposed to be da 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 and then I started just to attack everyone. It's fruitless. I had to learn the hard way. I've heard people 
within the church say things like, the church just sits around in their holy huddles. The church is out of touch from reality. The church does not care for me. The church does not reach out enough to its neighbours. The church just serves its own needs. The church doesn't reflect or do what I think it should be doing. Church should do more in the community that it's located in. I don't like Christians. The worship goes on too long. The service goes on too long. The preaching does nothing for me. I go to church because I need to be fed. I don't know why half the people go to church. No one does anything except me. If I don't do it, it will never get done. Unfortunately, these are words that I've heard spoken over my time here in Buttershaw. And even worse, some of these things I've thought and said myself. Shameful of me. We may be tempted to justify ourselves with stories, even Bible verses or examples of other churches from outside of our own context who seemingly just seem to do everything better. Better than what we do or experience in our own context. But before you do that, let me suggest that you pass your thoughts through the filter of what Peter is encouraging us to do. To be obedient to his word. To be people of truth. To be sincere. I'm not saying that you can't say anything about the church. But we need to do it better sometimes not just complaining to someone but going actually seeking counsel and saying I'm struggling with this I really get angry but I don't want to be in that place of anger because I recognize it's not loving it's not how a family should operate out of anger the depth that I'm feeling is not the depth of where I want to be I don't want to be down in the dumps. I don't want to be weighed down. And my heart is heavy. For some of you, there may be another dialogue that you're hearing right now. And the dialogue may sound like this. Well, Gav, I am being all these things, but I just don't feel them for the church. There's two things that I would like 
to say to you, if you're hearing that voice, and I, I know this voice because I hear it sometimes myself, the first thing is this. I'm not a better example or I'm, I'm not exempt from having these thoughts just because I'm a church leader I've still got feelings I've still got emotions I have and I will continue to battle within myself about the church and its failures often which is driven by my strong convictions and calling and also understanding. The problem I found with this thought process is that it, it always separates me from the people I'm called to be with, which is you guys. It builds up a wall of resentment where maybe I'm not being as truthful as I should be or honest or heartfelt because I'm harboring these thoughts secretly. And they come out. Because one thing I know about people, we leak. We leak. You having a good day? Yep. No, you're not. <laughs> we know, don't we? We also, not apart from the separate, separating from each other and putting distance, it also means I put people into boxes. I categorize people. I don't see them as a brother and sister. I put them into boxes. And that's not honoring to that person and it's definitely not honoring to God. Because when I put Liz into a box, I, I'm putting God into a box as well. Because I'm just seeing it through my own filter. <laughs> don't demean yourself the second thing I'd like to say is simply that this type of dialogue doesn't come from God God is not in the business of separating his bride his prize which is you it's you he's coming back for it's you who he's, he's made whiter than snow. It's you who he says, you are beautiful, Brad. You may not feel it on the outside, but inside you definitely are, brother. He's not in the habit of chopping up his family. However strong we may feel about that. God knows our hearts 
and he's fully aware of our shortcomings as a church. Just read the book of Revelation and the letters he sends out to the churches. But we mustn't forget these fundamental points of being family, brothers and sisters, being obedient to what God has called us to do, to be people of the truth. And like I said when I was speaking about the truth, truth doesn't just give me a license to say, Maz, you're, you smell. Sorry, I was grabbing at straws. You don't. You know, even if I feel that's... You smell lovely, by the way. <laughs> even if I feel that's the truth, truth doesn't give us a license to trample over people, but we shouldn't be afraid of speaking the truth if it's done out of love, if it's done with a sincere heart. If we see the person as a brother and sister, if we see this group of people that we want to add to as family. If we have depth of relationship with each other and with God, and we're full of heart, you know what will happen? The church will grow. Because we're not called to build the church, we're called to seek the kingdom. And if you're wondering what that is, then it's obedience, it's truth, it's sincerity, it's being sincere, it's loving, it's being part of the family of God, it's got depth, and it's full of heart. That's the kingdom of God. God knows our hearts. God knows you. And God knows where to place you as well. And I want to finish off that's with <clears throat> just slightly the other side of the coin. Because sometimes when you're not being obedient to God, you might start getting frustrated in context. If God is calling you away from something or asking you to stop, Often, as human beings, we don't like to let go. When God calls me and Maz to leave this place, and he will do, it's going to be really difficult. Even when times when I feel like, God, just take me now, I'll be better off somewhere else. I know when the time comes, it's going to be difficult. And it's, I'm going to find it hard to let go. But when you don't be obedient to God, frustration sets in. Maybe God's calling you away from something, but sometimes he's calling you into something. If God is calling you to do something and you don't do it, it will affect you. And you will start to feel uneasy. You might start to get a bit grouchy about stuff. You might start to bark at people. Not literally. But you'll start getting short or you'll start getting frustrated in areas of your life that you didn't used to get frustrated at. And, so, and sometimes we need to recognize the change 
Sometimes God has called you in and you've come in and you expected something and it hasn't worked out that way. But God has definitely called you into this place. Then you need to work through your frustrations with the people that God has put you in. But if God is calling you out or into something new, you need to recognize the other side of that. And it can be difficult. Well, that's why God has given us each other to help. And often, I found that um, when God is calling me away from something or into, new, uh, into something new, he's already told a dozen people around me and they're just patiently waiting for me to get it, for the penny to drop. But when you're in that place of frustration, what's the last thing you do? You go, you, the last thing you do is go to God. The last thing you do is go to your brother and sister in Christ. You're just getting really angry. It's okay. I'm not saying don't get angry. But let's recognize these signs. Let's call it out out of love. Like you might see someone over a couple of weeks and just just know that they're just like, I'm not looking at you, Louise, because you're always like that. <laughs> you are with me anyway. Where's your expenses? <laughs> <laughs> I say that out of love, obviously. <laughs> but if you're seeing a repeated pattern in your brother and sister, call it out. Because you can do, because you can speak truth. You're actually being obedient. If you're doing it out of love, recognizing that you want the best for your brothers and sister, that you don't want to see them in a box, you don't want to see them frustrated, and you definitely don't want them fighting against God. Let's do it. It brings glory to God, and it brings freedom to his people. Church is a mess. Because it's, you're in it, and I'm in it. It's not the righteous that God has come to call. It's the broken, the sick. That's us. We're a bit broken. We're a bit sick. We're a bit twisted. It's okay. God's going to work that out. But what we shouldn't do is attack the bride of Christ. And if you catch yourself doing it, go before God. Humble yourself before him. Say, forgive me, God. And you might do it again. Go back to God. Go to a brother and sister that you love and trust and say, I'm struggling with church. I'm struggling with this aspect or this person or this thing. And try to speak it out. Call it out. Don't allow it to fester. Because I've seen it and it does break my heart where I see my brothers and sisters living in isolation and I know who's behind it. Every time. And it's not God. 
if I've said anything that you disagree with or struggle with, because I struggle with this, I'm not saying I've got all the answers, I've got the answer, I would encourage you to pray about it and then come to me. Don't just come to me straight after the service. Go to someone else first. Check yourself. You know, we're encouraged by the NHS to check for lumps and bumps and, you know, if you cough for more than four weeks, you know, if there's a cancer, you check for it, don't you? This is, this is the church cancer, but we don't check for it. We often just allow it to play out. I, I don't see the need for that. We can save a lot, ourselves a lot of hurt and suffering by being obedient, being people of the truth, being people who are sincere, to be people who are loving, to be in a family, but a family with depth, and to be full of heart for God and for each other and for the lost. Shall we pray? Father God, we thank you that we are cleansed by your blood. We thank you that even though we are broken people, that you make us a new creation. We recognize that sometimes we fighting against you and sometimes we're fighting against our brothers and sisters may you forgive us for these times but holy spirit we just ask for humility that we can continue to be humble before you and not see our brothers and sisters or the church whether it's the church in context or the worldwide church, Lord, we don't want to fight against each other. We call to fight against the powers of darkness, to call out the lies, to see the captives being set free, as well as ourselves. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I think it would be good just to respond uh, in the time of worship. You might just want to sit with your thoughts. If you want to stand and sing, do stand and sing. I also want to